Well, let's dive into Sermon 1 of How to Hear the Voice of God. And I'm going to start in Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8. Let's read together the word of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. This scripture is an amazing story where Jesus is leading three disciples onto a mountain to be alone, and then Jesus transforms, and suddenly he's white, he's shining, and then Moses and Elijah, who had been dead or had been gone for hundreds of years, suddenly show up. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's wonderful. I would have loved to be there. And then Peter gets so excited. He's like, hey, whoa, this is amazing. Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up some shelters and we're going to make a memorial here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a gazebo, the best gazebo. I'm going to make a bench. We're going to camp out here. This is going to be amazing. And, and Peter is in the presence of these great biblical figures of the Son of God, Jesus. And he's talking so much that God, the Father, steps in and interrupts Peter and says, Hey, this is my son. Stop talking. Listen to him. And in this series where we are endeavoring to hear the voice of God, I think that's a message all of us can grasp on to. That this is a time where we're not just doing all the talking in the presence of God, but we would listen to our Father in heaven and say, hey, my son, listen to Jesus. And so the title of my message today is, when you are praying, listen to what God is saying. Why don't you look at someone and say, when you are praying, Listen to what God is saying. Do you, know, do you know anybody who talks a lot? I can see eyes looking at people around. Do you know anybody that has just a horrible time listening? They're just terrible listeners. You know, in my family, the Jiva family where I grew up, uh, our family is really bad at listening. We talk over each other all the time. We are always waiting to get our point in. So even when we're quiet, we're just waiting to convince you with our amazing point, but not listening to the point you are making to convince us. Anybody have families like that? In fact, my family, I have someone in my family where it's not uncommon where I get a 30-minute long voicemail message. Have you ever gotten a 30-minute voicemail message? That is sin. That is not godly. That is not okay. And that is a common reality in my family. As a teenager, 
I was such a bad listener that when I would talk to my friends on the phone, I would literally say, hey, how are you doing? Tell me, what's going on in your life? And then I would put the phone down for three minutes and walk away and get a snack or something like that. I was a bad listener. Don't judge me. This is a safe place. Don't judge me. But I, I just was waiting to share what I wanted to share. I wanted to talk about what I wanted to talk about. I didn't want to take time to listen. And uh, this has become kind of a pet peeve, even in my life, as I've worked on becoming a better listener, engaging, and having empathetic echoes. Oh, yeah, I hear you. Oh, yes, that's so good. I, to I totally understand. That must be so hard. You know, I've learned on being a good listener. And uh, in college, I realized that as I learned to be a better listener, I realized that there are a ton of people who are horrible listeners, especially when I took my biblical classes in college. I remember paying a lot of money to go to Bible college and go to school, get a degree, and I'd be in these classes where I'm learning about you know, how to study the Bible, hermeneutics, I'm learning about theology, and there would always be one student raise their hand and say, teacher, hey, I want to tell you about what I believe. And the teacher would stop teaching. You know, the thing I, I paid all this money to attend, the teacher would stop, and this person who doesn't have a degree, who isn't an expert, would start telling the class what they believe, what their experiences were. And I just remember thinking, shut up! Me and Sally Mae did not pay tens of thousands of dollars to hear your ignorant self talk about what you believe. I don't give a care about what you believe. Shut up! Listen to the teacher. I hated it. And when we're in the presence of experts, I don't want to hear the insight of the ignorant. Can I get a good amen? And I feel like some of us are in this category, in this demographic, in this reality when it comes to our relationship with God. You know, we have the opportunity to be in the, the presence of the master, the king of kings, the one who knows everything we're going to pray before we even pray. And yet, when I think about our prayer lives, our personal relationship with God, most of it, let's be honest, is spending time talking to God instead of listening to God. I feel like we are a lot like Peter, who's brought up into this transfiguration, who has an opportunity to bask in the glory and the miracles of God, has a chance to hear Jesus speak, and yet he is talking so much that God the Father interrupts him and says, hey, shut up, basically. Paraphrase, not God speaking. My paraphrase, shut up. Listen to him. You know, if I could peek into your personal prayer lives, I bet a lot of it is just giving God a to-do list, sharing what's on your mind, sharing what's on your heart, sharing what's on your complaint for the day. And I, I don't think this is how our relationship with God should be. In fact, I got some footage of what I believe uh, is an insight into many of our prayer lives, and maybe you can relate to this. Could you play this video, Jeff Tan? Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? 
Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, no, but listen to me. Look at if we do something, if you get that out, that bird thing off, you're gonna break it. Okay, but I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot. You know, Linda, no, Linda, I'm. Lick it, lick it. You're not listening to me. Linda, listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes, and you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask Grandma. Linda, Didn't you? Linda, lick it, lick it, lick it. If we do something right out, if we get close up, you can't even get them. You're gonna burn your butt. You're What's gonna burn your butt? Like, you and Kevin don't listen. <laughs> so that was actual footage from many of your prayer lives. <laughs> I don't know how I got it, but it's there. But I love that the, the mom's trying to give the kid or the, the grandkid instructions. And listen to me, listen to me. And the kid's like, no, you, li listen to me. And uh, before playing this video, I actually apologize to Linda Ho, because I believe a lot of us are going to be saying, listen, Linda. And I just apologize again. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> can we give it up for Linda? <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Linda leads our amazing connections team. They make this place feel warm, cafe, coffee, greeting, just doing a great job. Everybody on the team loves following you. So, so some good things to make up for the bad things that this video will create. But anyways, we in our relationship with God are, you know, we, we share our heart, which is good. And we're, we're telling God, God, would you help me with this? Or God, I'm going through this. But I think when we're in the presence of a master, it's more important for us to listen than to talk. I believe God has the answers to the questions you're wondering. I believe that God has insights into decisions you're making. I believe that God can bring clarity to some matters that are confusing you in your heart. But let's be honest, in our relationship with God, a lot of the times we treat God like he is our servant. Where we're going to give you a to-do list, and you better do this. And if you don't do it in my timing... If you don't do what I tell you in my way, I'm going to doubt you. I'm not going to believe you exist. I'm not going to believe you have a heart that cares about me because you're not a very good servant, God. And I, I think we need to follow this transfiguration moment, and we need to, like, heat it in our hearts. Like, this is Jesus Christ. Let's spend time listening to him, amen? He is the master. He has everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the insights to things we will never know. We should listen to him. So why don't we listen to God? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. Uh, some of us might be saying, well, I, I didn't know we could hear the voice of God. You know, I grew up maybe in a tradition. Actually, this is how I was taught as a young man, that God is not speaking anymore. That God wrote the Bible, and so he doesn't speak to individuals anymore. Maybe you were raised, maybe you're new to church experience, and this is all super weird and mystical, and you didn't know God was still speaking, and so you haven't even tried to listen, and, and this, is, this is created like maybe a lack of intimacy in your relationship with God. Some of us feel like our relationship with God or faith or religion is super dry, and nothing happens. And I think maybe this is because we don't believe that God can actually speak to us. One of the reasons we don't listen to God, maybe it's because we don't like what God will say. 
If, if I pray about this, he might say something I don't want to hear. Like, uh, God, should I marry this person? No, I am engaged, God. I have to marry this person. We don't, we, we're afraid to ask questions and actually listen because what if God has a different or better plan than what we've created for ourselves? And so we're hesitant. We don't like what God says, and yet we, we feel like we, we lack guidance and direction in our life at times. And that's what it can produce when, we don't, when we're afraid of God's plan. We don't follow God's plan, and then we feel like a lack of direction and purpose and guidance. Maybe that's you and your faith today. Another reason I've seen that people don't listen to God, we say this, I don't have time to listen. God, God's just not a priority in our life. We're like, what? Who, who has time to sit there and just listen to God? You know, I have kids. I have a job. My commute is so long. I hardly have enough time for myself. Where, where do you find the time to just sit and be still and listen to the voice of God? I got to make things happen. I got to move things forward. Nobody's got time for that. And so we say, I, it's just not a priority. And maybe you don't say that. You're saying, oh, I love God. I'll do whatever you say. But like, as we look at our schedules and our busyness and what we actually spend our time doing, we're like, I got, I got time for Netflix. I got time for video games. I got time for my family. I got time to make money so that I can have the life I want, but I don't have time for you, God. And so some of us, we would say, God is just not a priority, maybe not in our declaration, but in how we schedule our lives. And so as we think about these reasons we don't listen to God, I want to encourage you with something. And I, I believe that as we look into the Bible, we can pave a new reality for us in hearing the voice of God. I believe that every single person in this room can hear the voice of God. I believe that God wants to speak to you. I believe God wants a two-way relationship within each and every person here. And so let's dive into scripture on more of a biblical ethic on how God speaks to us and why God speaks to us. So I want to turn to John 10, and I want to read some scriptures that talk about hearing the voice of God. And in John 10, the scripture says, starting in verse 3, and I'm going to jump around here a little bit. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. This is talking about Jesus being the good shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You can hear the voice of God. Point number one I want to say, and I want to iterate, and I want this to get deep down into your heart and spirit, is that you can hear the voice of God. You can. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, you are one of God's sheep. And if you are a sheep, you can hear the voice of the good shepherd. That is Jesus Christ. 
Some of us might think I'm not good enough. I'm not close enough. I don't have the best background, or I don't know the Bible. I don't know theology. I don't know if I'm qualified to hear the voice of God. I want to let you know the only qualification you need is being part of God's sheepfold. And you are when you make the decision to follow Jesus Christ. Look at someone and say, I am a sheep. Look at someone else, the one you're afraid to talk to, and say, bah. <laughs> So you can't hear the voice of God. I mean, God spoke in the very beginning, the first book of the Bible, Genesis. He spoke thousands of years ago. He spoke all through the Old Testament. He spoke in the New Testament. He spoke in the early church. And then we might have the audacity to say, well, God is done speaking. Zip it, God. You can't speak. You can't share. You are done speaking. I know you spoke throughout most of history, but you are done talking, God. You can't speak anymore to my heart. You can't speak to that person's heart. No, God's nature is to speak, and he wants to speak to you. And I want to be honest. Many of us talk about this phrase. I want to have a personal relationship with God. And uh, I want to be frank. If your relationship with God is one-way communication. You don't have a personal relationship with God. You're a God stalker. I have people who follow me on Instagram, and they know what I'm going through. They know what my family looks like, and they follow me, but I don't have a relationship with them. But Jesus in this passage says, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep, they know me and follow me. I think many of us follow the ways of Jesus without knowing Jesus because we're just telling him what's on our heart, giving him our to-do list, but not listening to Jesus. And our relationship isn't a personal relationship. It's a one-way relationship. When was the last time you asked God, how are you doing, and you listened? When was the last time you said, God, what is on your heart today? I mean, if you don't know what's on the mind of God and the heart of God, do you really have a relationship with him? It's possible to follow someone without knowing someone. You know, Becca over here who is leading us in worship. Hi, Becca. Becca's amazing. And uh, I remember I met her sister at a wedding. And uh, we had never met before. And uh, I said, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry, but... I just feel like I know you because I know your sister, and I've seen pictures of you, and I'm making inside jokes with her the whole time. I'm like punching her in the shoulder. This is like day one of meeting. And I'm like, I have to apologize for being too familiar with you, because you remind me so much of Becca. And she goes, hey, Pradeepin, don't be weirded out at all. And she pulls out her cell phone, and she says, I have pictures of your son on my phone. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> She's like, I've been following you, even though we've never had a conversation. And I, I, I'm afraid that our relationship with God can look like this sometimes. We, we know what God wrote in the letters in the Bible. We know what other people say about God in sermon. But we don't know God for ourselves. We only have a one-way relationship with Jesus, where we tell him, but we don't listen. And I want to let you know, God doesn't want you to just follow him. He doesn't want you to just be a slave. God loves you. He wants to know you intimately. He wants 
He, want, he wants to be in communion with you. He wants to be a, not just a, a, a distant God that makes decisions and can make things come true. He doesn't want to be a genie. He wants to be a friend. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be two ways of communication, a two-way relationship with God. And if you don't hear from God, how can you have a personal relationship with him? How can you have a personal relationship with him? I remember in, in high school, my, my youth pastor challenged me to know God and to listen to God. And he said, hey, why don't you go into your prayer closet? And he used this crazy word to describe prayer. He says, just suck carpet. And what he meant was put your face in the carpet and just bow down before the Lord and, and listen. And just get to know God. Get to have a relationship with God. And so I, I, I didn't know what a prayer closet was. The scriptures talk about a prayer closet. So I, I literally went into my closet in my house, which had one of those, uh, those doors that, that don't slide, and they don't swing open. They, like, they fold like an accordion. And so you don't have a lot of room to navigate. So I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to get to know you today. So I'm like trying to navigate into the closet. I'm like, okay, here we are. And I, it, it's like packed with all my clothes and stuff. So I'm like, I get on my knees, and I'm going to put my face in the carpet. And I, I just remember praying, God, I want to know you, brand new Christian. God, I, I want to hear your voice. Would you speak to me? And I just, I just listened. And I, I, I'd been dealing with so much depression and a lack of direction. I, I didn't have a lot of friends, but here in this closet, I felt like God started to, to whisper into me, I, I love you. I have a plan for you. You don't have to end your life. You're not a failure. I have a purpose for you. I have good thoughts towards you. You're not a disappointment to me. I am your son. I am pleased with you. I just remember hearing the voice of God speak to me as such a troubled teenager. And it, it just wrecked me. The master of the universe is talking to, to me? He loves me? And I, I remember going to the youth church I was just getting involved with, and I was talking to the Christians. I go, guess what? I went into my prayer closet, and God spoke to me. God spoke to me. I was just so pumped. And I remember Christians saying, yeah, what, what's the big deal? God speak. I, I was like, do you understand? Like, I can have a relationship with the master of the universe. And I, I just want us to have that kind of relationship with God as Kalos Church. I don't want us to just go through the programming and have great outreach, but yet we don't have a relationship with God. Because God wants to speak to you. And you are his sheep. You can hear his voice. And even this language about sheep, I wondered, can, like, does this actually happen in the real world? Like, do sheep actually know the voice of their shepherd? And I, I want to show you this video that actually really encourages me and, and, and strangely warms my heart. And uh, I love this. Uh, Jeff, would you play this clip about hearing the voice of God? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
of God because you are one of the sheep. Isn't that an amazing video? The shepherd, the farmer spoke and the sheep knew his voice. And I, I want to let you know, you can hear the voice of God. Notice that the scripture, it doesn't say that, hey, when you are following Jesus, you, you'll just feel his prompting or his nudges or his sense. You will know his voice, the scripture said. Second thing I want to share is this. Yes, it's innate. You're a sheep. You can hear his voice. But you need to learn how to hear God's voice. It's a learned skill. It's a learned skill. Just like a child. A child is born knowing how to communicate, but they still have to learn how to communicate well. You know, kids say the darndest things, right? They have a troubled time communicating at first, teaching language, teaching words and things, and I, I want to let you know, in my journey of hearing God's voice, I have failed a lot. I have failed so many times thinking I heard from the Lord, but I actually was not hearing from the Lord. It was a skill that I grew in, and many of you might be thinking, I, I've tried to hear God's voice, but nothing happened. I don't know what to do, and that's why at the series we want to make things very practical so we can walk in this journey. But it's a, a learned skill. I remember going to a gas station. I wanted to reach out to some people. So I'm like, Lord, I want to be a witness. I want to share your beauty. I want to help strangers have an encounter with your power, Jesus. So I went and I prayed and I listened to God. And I walked up to a person at a gas station. I said, hey, the Lord has spoken to me. I feel like the Lord has told me your name is Elizabeth. He was like, dude, my name is Mark. I was like, oh, I did not hear from God. <laughs> I was totally off. I remember one time I heard from the Lord, and I felt like I was supposed to punch someone. And I punched that person in the middle of a worship service. Their hands were raised in the air, front row, singing the glories of God, and I punched him in the stomach. I had a hard time learning how to hear the voice of God, what was just a weird fantasy and what was actually the voice of God. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to punch someone in the stomach during worship? Probably not God, but pretty cool in my mind. <laughs> and I, I just want to encourage you and comfort you. You will fail a little bit in hearing the voice of God. And it's okay. You know, at Caleb's Church, we want to be a church that's okay with messy spirituality. We are okay with the process. 
where you're trying to hear from God and you're like, I'm, I'm not sure if this is me or God or the devil or, or something I saw in this Lifetime movie I watched. I don't know if this was God, but I'm trying. And I believe that this is a skill you can learn, but it will take trial and error. It will take a, a little time to process and progress, but I believe that we can do it because we need desperately to hear the voice of God. And this is my third point. You need God's voice. God will help you from making wrong decisions. He will help you in your marriage. He will help you in your career. He will help you avoid certain dangers. I mean, the scripture says that, yes, my sheep, they'll know me, and there's going to be robbers and people trying to lead them astray, but they won't follow that voice because they know the voice of God. And there's so many voices that are trying to lead you astray. There are pitfalls in your path, but when you know the voice of God, you can avoid them. You know, uh, uh, at our Christmas service, I shared that our, our son has recently been diagnosed with some developmental delays. And uh, we're trying to navigate, what do we do? How, he, he lost like 40 of his words, he's down to basically one word, we're having a hard time communicating with him and engaging with our son. It's been maybe the darkest time in my soul, in our family's like history. It's been so rough these past like six-ish months. And uh, as we're praying and navigating this pain and what school to take OB to, what, should we do anything with the diet? Like, what did we make a mistake that's caused all this? We're just walking in this darkness. But Pastor Amritha was praying and just listening to God and journaling, and she felt like the Lord said, I am healing your son. I am healing your son. And I, I want to let you know, that word has been an anchor for me in this season. That word alone, I, I say it to myself almost hourly. It's a word that's bringing me comfort and guidance and healing. It's a word that I cling on to so I don't just give up on my son and let what will be be, that I would fight for my son and give him my best, that I would take joy and I would pray for him and I would, I would give him everything that's possible for him to experience healing. And that, that word has been a lifeline. And there are many of us in this room, you need the voice of God. You need a lifeline. You need something that would help you fight for your marriage or fight for your future, fight for your purpose, fight for your finances. Maybe you've been given a, a diagnosis, a sickness yourself, and you need a word from God to get you through. And I believe that he wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to be there for you. Proverbs 3, 5 through 12 says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. The voice of God has kept me on track for years. You need the voice of God. You desperately do. And so as we talk about this, we're going to get much more practical as we go through the series. How do we get started hearing the voice of God? And so I'm going to give you three extremely practical tips as we wrap up. And number one on how we get started for hearing the voice of God is this. I want to encourage you to set an appointment. 
When Jesus was transfigured before the three disciples, it says six days later, Jesus led them to this isolated place where they could communicate. And so he had a plan. He set an appointment. And I, I believe that a misappointment with God will lead to disappointment with God. And so we need to schedule in our lives to say, God, I am going to meet with you. I am going to listen to you. And that's why we have this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this in uh, January every year, and we do this in August every year. It's just a way of saying, God, we will place you first in our life. We are scheduling it. We're going to take time to connect with you in the place of prayer. And let's be honest, we make appointments with people we don't even like. So let's make appointments with God who we love, amen? And let's just do it. And uh, if I don't, honestly, people who know me, like they know if you don't schedule something with Pradeepin, he's going to forget it. And even more, if you don't schedule something with Pradeepin through Amritha, he's going to forget it. And uh, it's just a reality. And we need to schedule time to meet with God. Don't wait till you're inspired. Okay, make the choice to hear God's voice. <laughs> number two, I got, I got so much rhyming. All right, let me tell you number two, set an atmosphere, set an atmosphere. It's much easier to hear in the right atmosphere. I'm just getting started with rhyming, my friends. It's much easier to hear in the right atmosphere. And so this is one of the reasons why we fast. We're gonna disconnect from the world. Many of us were saying, I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not, I'm not going to cloud my mind with other voices. I'm going I'm to fast food so that I'm just focused on God. And I just encourage you, when you set an appointment with, with God, pick a place where you can focus. Maybe turn on some worship music. We have a Spotify playlist for all the music we do here at Kalos Church. Uh, set an atmosphere. Make it so your phone maybe is on Do Not Disturb where people can't distract you. I mean, Jesus got alone to pray with the Father, and Jesus was God. If Jesus needed to get alone in the right atmosphere, how much more do we need to be in the right atmosphere? We are easily distracted people. So I just encourage you, set an atmosphere, because it's much easier to hear in the right atmosphere. When I'm talking with my wife in the car, she hates it when the radio is on. Even if it's like the quietest setting possible, She's like, I feel like I'm competing with the radio. Can we just turn it off? And I say, I don't want to, but for you, anything. <laughs> Number three, so we set an appointment, we set an atmosphere, and then we set an expectation. Believe that God wants to speak to you and is going to speak to you. It may not be the audible voice of God, and we're going to talk about the different ways God speaks to us, but I encourage you to set an expectation to hear from God Get a journal, get a prayer journal. If you don't have access to a journal, we'll provide you with one. I will personally, or uh, Talos will, but just get a journal out, get your Bible out, listen in that atmosphere, pray, and write down what you hear God speaking. And you might not know if it's your own thoughts, you might not know if it's a sermon, but just write it down. And I guarantee the more you listen to God and you learn that skill, it will grow. Your ability to hear from God will grow, and pretty soon you won't be able to keep up with all the things God is speaking to you. It's amazing. It's a relationship. It's a two-way relationship. And the title of my message is, When You Are Praying, Listen to What God Is Saying. When you are praying, listen to what God is saying. Amritha has journals filled with prayers for Obi and now Nala. 
It's amazing. She journals like every night, praying, reading the word, listening to God, because God wants to speak to us. Amen? And I'll, I'll close with this story. You know, many of you have heard this before, but I just think it's perfect. Uh, the fact is, when we started here in Bellevue and endeavored to begin Kalos Church, we didn't know people. Our first meeting was three uh, people at a meeting. Jeff Tan was at that meeting. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't know how we'd afford Bellevue. Andrew Jennings and I were walking around. Maybe we can meet at the movie theater across the floor. And as I'm walking to that movie theater with Andrew, it's like 8.30 in the morning. I feel like the Holy Spirit, God himself, speaks to me and says, knock on the door of the parlor. And so we literally changed direction. We walked towards the parlor. We knocked on the door at like 8.30 a.m., a nightclub. What are we doing there at that early in the morning? Knocked on the door, and a girl opened the door, a girl named Heather. She says, it's 8.30. What are you doing here? And I, I said, we're here to make known the beauty of Jesus. Do you want to help us? And we were thinking, there's no way we could afford something like the parlor. Sound system, stage, screen, chairs, tables. It's premier places like Facebook and Microsoft. They rent this place out. There's no, we don't have enough money to rent out something as amazing as this place. But I felt God speak to me and direct me and lead us to this place. And we threw out a crazy number. Hey, could we rent this place out for $500 a week, which is ridiculous if you know Bellevue Real Estate. And she said, you know what? I'm going to make this work for you. I believe that God is in this. And people all the time ask me, how did you find out about the parlor? Like, there's been church plants in the city before. Many of them have failed, and they never thought about the parlor. And I, I just said, I didn't think about the parlor. The Lord spoke to me. And now, just last service, over 30 people gave their lives to Jesus. People who are going to commit suicide didn't. Families have been restored. People have experienced new beginnings. Why? Because God speaks to us and leads us, and he wants to lead you. Let's close our eyes. Dear Father, I just thank you that you want to speak to us. And I pray that you would help us to listen. You'd help us to listen. Especially in this time of prayer and fasting. Even right now, I pray that you would guide us in how you want us to pray these next 21 days. How do you want us to fast? What's on your heart, Lord? We want to start off 2019 saying, Lord, we are your sheep and we will follow you. We are your sheep and we will listen to your You know, before I, I transition, you guys can look up again. Uh, I believe that there are people here that need a new beginning with God, and I want to pray for you. If you're saying, hey, I, I'm not a Christian, but I want to I become a Christian, I want to follow Jesus, I need a new start, I need forgiveness, I need freedom from guilt and shame or darkness and pain, I, I want to help you walk in a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you do anything crazy. I just want to pray for you. So if that's you in this place, I'm going to come to three. I'm going to have you lift your hands up, and we'll pray all together. So let's bow our heads again one more time. Close your eyes and make it a private moment. But if you want to start a new relationship with Jesus, maybe you want to recommit your life to Jesus in 2019, on the count of three, would you lift up your hand? One, two, three, and I'll pray for you. That's awesome. I see your hand. 
Is there anybody else? Just lift up your hands so I can see. You're saying, I want to commit my life to the Lord. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's pray this prayer together. Kalos, the words will be on the screen. We'll say it all at the same time. Let's do it. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause for you again.